0: The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. Thank you for listening. For more information on Story City, you can find us online at storycitychurch.com or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Story City Church. Hello, uh, my name is Bria Angelo, and I've been attending Story City for a little over a year now, and I uh, serve with the children's ministry with the two, two to three-year-olds, and they're so cute. I absolutely love that. And I get the honor of doing the scripture reading today in English and in French. So if everyone can stand with me for the reading of God's word, I'll be reading from um, Daniel chapter 6, verses 19 through 23. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, The king said, Has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they haven't harmed me, for I was found innocent before him, and also before you, your majesty. I have done no harm. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. Now, in French, dès le point du jour, le roi se leva et se rendit en tutat à la fosse lion. Quand ils s'en approchèrent, il appela Daniel d'une voix angoissée. Daniel, serviteur du Dieu vivant, cria-t-il, ton Dieu que tu sers avec tant de persévérance, a-t-il pour te délivrer des lions? Alors Daniel répondu au roi. Ô Majesté, vis éternellement. Mon Dieu a envoyé son ange qui a fermé la gueule des lions, de sorte qu'ils ne m'ont fait aucune mal, parce que j'ai été reconnu en un devant lui, Tu comme je n'ai pas commis de faute envers toi, Majesté. Alors, le roi approuvait un grande joie et leur ordonna de hisser Daniel hors de la face. Daniel fut donc remonté de la face et on ne trouva aucune blessure en Dieu. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: to be a part of this church. I don't know about you guys, but such a joy to be a part of a church that loves, that praises Jesus and celebrates diversity. Um, just grateful. Uh, welcome. My name is Samir, I'm one of your pastors here at Story City Church, super grateful to be here, honored to share God's word with you. Happy Father's Day to the fathers. Yeah. Super awesome. This day can sometimes be a day of rejoicing for some, a day of gratitude, um, and some a day of remorse or a day of sadness depending on your circumstance and and your fathering growing up. I am a son of a refugee immigrant from Palestine. In 1948, my father and his family had their house invaded and with guns to their faces, they were forcefully removed from their home. They were sent out into the wilderness, needing to fend for themselves for about six months. They didn't have a place to lay their head, not knowing where their next meal was going to come from. Their identity, their belonging, and their self-worth were all on the line. They eventually landed in the city of Jerusalem. Truth is, the extended generational trauma into my life is an absolute reality. The confusion of identity, the uncertainty of belonging, and seasons of wandering have been a good description of my 35 years of existence. It has affected my identity, belonging, and self-worth for many years. We see throughout all of history how powers that be in this world have engaged in destructive, painful suffering of billions of people. Like nations, kingdoms, governments, etc. We see this to be true also in the story of Daniel as we discuss the story more. Daniel and the kingdom of Judah in around 600 B.C. were taken captive and enslaved by the Babylonian Empire. Babylon attacked the city of Jerusalem and took Israelites into exile. They emphasized taking Israelites that were wise and educated so that they can positively give back to the Babylonian nations. Daniel and his friends were specifically recruited to serve in the palace of Babylon because of their wisdom and talents. They were then pressured to give up their Jewish identity by living and eating like the Babylonians did. Even given Babylonian names. Which would violate really the teachings of the Torah. But they chose faithfulness to God and to the Torah. Which actually gets them in lots of trouble. But God miraculously delivers them. And the king elevated them to work for him. Daniel specifically was elevated because of his ability to interpret dreams for the king. Just like many stories in the Bible, though, this story isn't even about Daniel at all and his ability to overcome the claws and the jaws of the lion in the lion's den. Although many of us look at that story and and are amazed by Daniel and his abilities and his giftings and the fact that God redeemed him and, and took him away from the harm of the lion, But really what the story is about, it's it's, it's pointing to the reality that humans are created to depict the royal image of God. He has given them the rule over beasts of the field and the birds of the air that we see in Genesis. On behalf of God, who is the world's true king. But when humans and human kingdoms forget that, when they rebel and make themselves and their power into a God, they then become less than human. Not living their intended royal identity under God's reign. That will eventually face God's justice. That's what The story of Daniel is trying to show us and display to us. And we're going to dive into that. So, my big idea for today is this that we have hope in the midst of injustice and suffering. That we have hope in the midst of injustice and suffering. I want to read Daniel 6. This is before, this happened right before this story of. Daniel and the lion's den, what it led up to. Daniel 6, 1 through 5, this is what it says. King Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom. What are satraps? They're like little governors, mayors overseeing the regions. So he appointed 120 of them. So you can imagine how big Babylon was. He stationed, they stationed throughout the realm. And over them, three administrators, including Daniel being one of them, these satraps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded. Daniel was distinguish, distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. Guess what spirit? Spirit of God. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. The administrators and satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom. But they could find no charge of corruption. For he was trustworthy. And no negligence or corruption was found in him. Then these men said, We will never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the laws of his god. So now next kind of saving time for the whole passage but next we see the these politicians these are politicians now they went to the king and convinced the king to set a decree to send whoever worships anyone or anything outside of the king himself will be sent to the lion's den to be killed. So they go, imagine how many of those, 100 or something, 20 or something of them, go to the king and convince him this needs to be a mandate. And the king agreed. So the overview of the passage, we see that the king is trying to set up a governance in Babylon that seems healthy, right? So that there is accountability, so that there is places Things set in place so that no corruption and destruction can come in. Like, that was the point of him setting this governance. But even then, we see jealousy, power, and racial hatred in humans proceeding to a corrupt system. This goes to my first point of the day. Man made kings... And kingdoms fail us. So if you're taking notes, this is on your your fill-in. Lowercase k, kings. Lowercase k, kingdoms. They fail us. That We cannot worship or depend on man-made kingdoms. Nations, states, governments, companies, organizations, denominations, or even churches... We can't depend fully on. Worshiping and depending on these entities protect to protect us, to save us, or to give us hope is absolute foolishness. We have all been witnesses or have been one that was either a recipient of injustice or abuse by one or maybe all of these entities. I know I have. We can honor and be good, godly citizens within these entities without worshiping them. Just like we see Daniel do. He gives us a great picture of that. He stayed true to who is true, and that is God, in the midst of this. Injustice and enslavement. Even in the midst of accusations that were false accusations that were trying to come against him and injustice, he stayed true to his God. The expectations we put on these entities matters. The expectations we put on them matters. We can put... Incorrect expectations on them very often. Our expectations, what should they be? I think they should be first and foremost that they are not perfect. That they are not perfect. That they are prone to fail. That they are led by broken humans. That they are all limited. And that they are to serve a purpose. They are not the purpose. They are to serve a purpose. They are not the purpose. So when God is the purpose and these entities or people fail us, let us remember this second point. There is hope in the midst of injustice. That there is hope in the midst of injustice. That God miraculously shows up over and over and over in the midst of injustice. We see that in Daniel 6.22 that we just read. said this, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths and they haven't harmed me. For I was found innocent before him and also before you, your majesty. I have not done harm. See, suffering and persecution is not new to the people of God. Past and present and future. And how God shows up miraculously with his purpose and plan continues to occur. See, the writer of Hebrew, Hebrews discusses this faithful history of these faithful people, what he calls the cloud of witnesses. Their suffering and God's miraculous provisions over and over. I want to read that really quick just to show us Hebrews 11, 36. Who by faith, he's talking about those people that went before us, they were in faith walking. By faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions. That one's for our story today. Quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Over people, other people were tortured. Not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonment. Be encouraged in the midst of our suffering and injustices in this world. That's hard. That is hard. But we are not alone. As a people, many have gone before us and will come after us. I don't know about you or what your times or seasons of injustices were. That could be how jobs or roles were taken from you unfairly, or harmful church abuse within your life, or family betrayal. These are unfair and unfortunate. Being in a hard circumstance, though, does not mean that we are outside of God's will. I think that's one of the hardest things when we're in the midst of a hard circumstance or an injustice. We sometimes would think, I did something wrong for this to happen. Reminds me of the story in Matthew 8 where the disciples were with Jesus and Jesus tells them, Go on to the boat. And Jesus goes on with him to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And in the midst of that boat ride across, a huge storm hits and the disciples are confused. What what happened? What's going on? They're in a circumstance where they fear their own lives. And they were in God's will to a T. Jesus told them to go on the boat. And Jesus was in the boat with them. But yet they were in a tough circumstance. Guys, tough circumstances does not mean we are out of God's will. That is so important to understand. We We can be confronted with hard circumstances. But God always points to himself in the midst of them. Always points back to himself in the midst of these hard circumstances. Jesus, what does he do? He calms the storm. He says, stop. So that he can display his reign over all the earth to his disciples. Even in the midst of the hard circumstance, God points to himself miraculously. Because the truth is, there is no greater injustice... No greater persecution and suffering, but also no greater miraculous outcome than that of Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the grave. See, the story of Daniel in the lion's den is a picture of a failing kingdom with a faithful servant, but then a promised greater king and kingdom to come. Daniel points us to the person and work of Jesus in the midst of this story. He's showing an illustration. God is just amazing how he displays his word. Because in the next chapter of Daniel, we read in Daniel 7 that he has a prophetic dream and vision. This is the prophetic dream and vision. You guys ready? This is great. Daniel 7. This is a portion of it, 13 and 14. It says, I continued. This is Daniel's vision. He's saying this. He's talking. He says, I continued watching in the night visions. And suddenly one, like a son of man, was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was, ex- was escorted before him. He was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, every nation, and every language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass. And his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. This is 500 B.C. This is 500 years before Jesus came to the earth. And this is what Daniel sees in a vision. That he's he's experiencing a kingdom that is failing. He's experiencing a world that is failing. But he says, God showed him and revealed to him a vision of a son of man coming in the clouds for a kingdom for every nation, tribe, and language. That a dominion that will never be destroyed. A kingdom that will never be destroyed. My third point. God's King and kingdom always prevails. God's king and kingdom always prevails. Capital K, capital K. For two reasons. First, for his glory. And second, for our good. His King and kingdom always prevails for his glory and for our good. The beautiful thing is Jesus quotes and professes that he is the fulfillment of Daniel's dream and vision. He says this himself. In the middle of his own trial, in the middle of his accusations from these people that were false and not real, somewhat similar to what Daniel was facing... In the middle of those trials, there were religious rulers, government officials, and even friends who all fail and betray Jesus. Who all fail and betray betray him. Very similar to Daniel's situation. I want us to read that really quick because it's powerful. Mark 14, 60 and 62. Through 62. So this is the situation. He's on trial. Then the high priest stood up before them. And question Jesus, don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest questioned him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Get to the point. That's what he's trying to say. And then Jesus responds, I am. And you will see the son of man. Seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. You see, he is pointing us to Daniel's vision, his prophecy. This is the very same words that Daniel used. All the people that heard this, the Jewish tradition, the religious rulers, they know what he's saying. They're like, Oh, man, he's referencing that he is this son of man that Daniel was talking about, the Messiah, the one we have been waiting for for years, for hundreds and hundreds of years. He is saying that he is the one, the great dominion king that will never fail. He glorified himself as his king and kingdom is prevailing. And then it's for our good. The dominion and glory and everlasting kingdom of Jesus is ultimately for our good. If we know the kings and kingdoms and governments and officials in this world will fail, then who or what do we rely on? Which power, which kingdom, which reign do we rely on? Do we hope in? The dominion, glory, and everlasting kingdom of Jesus is ultimately for our good. It is for our good. The purpose of his kingdom is to restore all things back to full health and perfection. Really, it's what all of humanity longs for. When that's not happening in our lives, we squirm, right? Something is not right. There's injustice. It causes us to be frustrated or angry. The desire for perfection and wholeness is evidence that all of humanity desires heaven. That all of humanity desires heaven. And that we were made in his image. Because his promise of his kingdom and reign is to restore all things back to perfection. How wonderful is this great promise of God. This is a promise. This is a guarantee. This is a prophetic word. And God not only says that it will happen throughout history, he says, I will show you because I will send him. I will show you because I will do this. I will show you because I will do these miracles. He continues to prove that he can do it over and over. But yet we sometimes, even in the midst of today, we forget of the coming promise of the perfect new creation that is to come, that we can hope in. It is for our good. His reign and his kingdom and our ability to be under his reign is for our good. So what is our response today? What's our response? I think first, let us mourn the injustice. Let us lament the injustice. And then, let us rejoice in God's promises. Let us mourn the injustice, and then let's rejoice in God's promises. Being saddened by humanity's sin and failing is a necessity. We need to not turn that away. Mourning, being saddened by all the pain in the world, nations, kingdoms, people, churches, family, friends, whatever the scenario in your life or the scenario In the big grand picture of things, they fail us. And it's necessary for us to recognize God's faithful promise in the midst of that pain. So let us not push down these emotions and these pains and this sadness. Let us look at them. Let us be saddened. Let us demand change and healing. Because we have the greatest and greater healer and king. This morning gives us even a greater reason to rejoice for what is and what is to come. The hope for the world. So let us be joyful and thankful for God's redeeming plan for all of humanity. For all of humanity. In Luke 21... Jesus foresees the redemption and the new creation promises of God where he will restore all things back to wholeness. Jesus is saying these words. The king that was prophesied, who was here, who was here, and who died and resurrected so that we can be his children, we can be adopted in his family. He recites Daniel again in Luke. And this is my last passage for this morning. In Luke 21:25 to 28. He says this, this is him foreseeing what's to come. The end days. He says, "Then there will be signs in the sun, moon and stars, and there will be anguish on the earth among nations, bewildered by the roaring of the sea and the waves." People will faint from fear and expectation of things that are coming on the world. This sounds very familiar. I don't know about y'all, but we are in this. Because the powers of the heavens will be shaken, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great Glory. But when these things begin to take place, he says, stand up and lift your heads. Because your redemption is near. Because your fullness and your healing and your wholeness and and humanity's hope is near. God has redeemed, is redeeming, and will one day fully redeem, restore, Make all things whole. Make all things new again. Make all things the way they were meant to be. Because our trauma of abuse will be healed. The injustices we face will be made right. Our sin and injustices towards God has now and will be justified forever So let us stand, like Jesus says here, let us stand and lift our heads because our redemption is near. Jesus is near and he's here with us. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are near, that you are the king above all kings, that you are perfect, that you are whole, that you love us, that the things of this world, the kingdoms of this world are broken, are messy, are not perfect, and they'll hurt us, and they'll hurt things and injustices and will create pain, but Lord God, you are perfect. You are holy. You are the king above all kings, and we come and say that you reign over our lives. So In the midst of the pain and injustices, we are saddened, but Lord, we look to the forward understanding that your promises will prevail. Your kingdom will prevail. That you, Jesus, prevail. Because you prevail, we will prevail under your lordship, Jesus. We thank you that you give us a way, that you give us an opportunity, that you give us an understanding that we are loved and cared for and that you are the one doing all the work that is not on our shoulders to do. So we surrender ourselves to you, Jesus. We say thank you that you are the king above all kings so that we can be your children Loved, cared for, and surrendered to a joy and a freedom that is everlasting and everlasting. We love you, Jesus. We worship you as we respond in this song together. In Jesus' name we pray these things.